Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Paul Lisnick Behind the Curtain, my opportunity to step away from the TV set uh, on WGN where I cover politics and law and all that stuff that gets everybody upset. And we enter the world of theater and arts here in the podcast world, which makes everybody happy. And today will make you very happy because on this podcast, anybody uh, I know what I should say is it perhaps the best way to say it is that anything goes uh, with what may happen here. And yes, we are talking about the show Anything Goes, uh, which is playing over at Porchlight Music Theater. As you know, one of my top favorite theaters in the entire city, not just because they gave me an award, but because it is uh, one of the best theater companies in the entire city. Let me introduce you to everybody who's joining us at the cast. It's like almost kind of, it's not really the whole cast, but it's like, if you're going to see it, these are the people you walk out saying, I love them. And I asked for all of them. And they all said, yes. Do we say Megan for first or last? I guess we go first. So (laughs) playing the role of Reno Sweeney without a unicorn with her, but playing the role of Reno Sweeney is Megan Murphy, who, by the way, as I just say a little bit about you as we start, not only an actor, singer, producer, cabaret and recording artist who does live here, but Megan, as I told you before we started, I feel like I've known you my whole life. I don't know why, probably just because I've seen you perform at, uh, uh, you know, Mamma Mia and Spamalot and uh, City of Angels, which my friend Greg Edelman, I, my schoolmate Greg Edelman did uh, on Broadway and got the was sick on opening night. That's a story for another night. Um <laughs> But anyway, but you you have one of those personalities. Can I just I'll just say it now before I introduce our friends? Okay. Which is when I when, when anything goes was coming up and I knew you were going to do it. First of all, I know everybody thinks you've been doing this is like your tenth time in doing the role. And secondly, I think to me it was a role that whoever has it and it's been Ethel Berman and it's been Patty Lapone. You have to be a larger than life figure to play Reno Sweeney. I mean, Reno Sweeney is necessarily larger than life, which she is, but I think the actor has to be larger than life. And man, you just in spades blow that rule away in the, in the best way. Thank you. Also. Hi, Paul. Good to see you. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's one of those, you know, it's, it's one of those iconic roles that go in the, in the pantheon of like, you know, juggernaut canon for, for ladies, you know, it's like mama Rose, <clears throat> Reno Sweeney. It's like it's part of that kind of diva canon. And I'm I'm super honored and thrilled to be able to be trusted with that kind of a, a legendary role. And for those people who think they've seen you a million times on the porch light stage? Um, I've never actually done a full run of a of a porch light show. I've done one of their revisits. We did Woman of the Year a few years back, and I was the first host of their series New Faces, which of course is introducing new faces to yes. Uh, the city of Chicago theater. I got to do that for 1964. You know why? Because it was Fiddler on the Roof and I got to sing. Mm-hmm. Hey, come on. Nice. That's exactly. It's the only song I will sing at the drop of a hat. Don't tempt me. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's yeah. go to the boyfriend world, if you will. Uh, those who play boyfriends of various kinds in the show. Luke Nowakowski uh, joins us. And Luke, you've been at the Goodman in Chicago Shakes and Paramount. And uh, man, what a great career. Um, but you must be loving the role of Billy Crocker in Anything Goes. What a fantastic and fun role. Oh, yeah. He's a good boy, ain't he? He just <laughs> got good intentions. He sings good songs. He gets to dance with everybody in the show. I'm having a blast. 
as well you should. And you have kind of a partner in crime here who is various heights as the show continues. And from start to end, uh, you have to see the show if you don't know what I'm referring to. Uh, but Steve Madonna, who, you know, Steve, look, you've been at Porchlight before, bells are ringing, call me madam. You've been at the Goodman, Jury Lane, Chicago Shakes. Um, but of course, the truth is people looking at you, aside from the stage, may say, wait, I know that guy. I swear it's not from theater. I never go to theater. I know that face. And they do because you are like a Food Network star and part of the Hardy Boys. I, I am. I'm uh, I'm part of the Hardy Boys duo. I'm the better looking part. I don't need to tell you that. <laughs> no, it's it's actually totally not true as well. If you've ever seen Dan, it's not true. But yeah, I mean, I've had two careers here in in the city, and uh, they've both been uh, really very fulfilling. And you and filling and filling. <laughs> <laughs> and you did you, you did our, our WGN midday show, which was fabulous. I noticed you you kind of do most of the talking though. You're kind of the the front guy. You can't shut me up. Um, I also just love that. I, I'll tell you, uh, I've reached a point in my food career where it's less important. I mean, it used to be so important, you know, get the food right and in the cooking demos, you know. Now I'm at a point where I'm like just really having fun, and I just had. A joyful time doing the demo the other day because that's i mean it, it should be just fun right i just i enjoy that yeah and i go in on certain days so i can eat what's left over after the chef's cook in the midday when i heard it was you guys i'm like i'm going in did you get leftovers that day i took the bread remember and oh we didn't make I, that. I, I i took a piece of bread i thought oh my god i love homemade bread and stuff and they made this whole concocted thing and i said to steve i got the bread and he went it's not homemade it's like it was from whole foods or jewel i don't even remember yeah. It was like Wonder Bread. Anyway, and also, no, 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 no. Oh, no, that was a put down the bread. No, I didn't mean that. The bread was fabulous. That's why I thought for you just, it was from some local bakery. Um, Hi, Jackson. Jackson Evans also joins us as well. Um, And you play Lord Evelyn Oakley. I'm saying the name, right? Yes. Uh, I pronounce it Evelyn, but I don't know why I do. So however you want to pronounce uh, it. My grandmother was Evelyn, I guess, with that. But I think Evelyn is probably correct. But, of course, from School of Rock to Beauty and the Beast at Paramount. And also, um, I, of course, saw you and interviewed you when you did Boys in the Band at Witty City Playhouse. Your your spectrum of acting is really wide range and, and very fun. I mean, th- so what kind of role do you, because this one is a real wacky role, at least the way you play the character. Um, so much fun. But to, what do you, what attracts you in a, in a role? Oh, gosh. Um, the one I'm cast in, uh, <laughs> that once you get the job. Um, but I think. But I mean, I, Boys in the Band was kind of a more subdued, you know, whatever. And uh, even though it was a fun show, but then you do this and you're just all. And by the way, I think the laughter of the audience propels you. I mean, laughter in life propels me. Um, I, 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 I'd love to, to figure out whatever part of weird Jackson gets to come out in any shape or form in any part I'm playing. It, and in Evelyn, it's the it's the wanting to be fully in one's body and the goofiest as possible. And you do it well. Megan, let me tell Thanks. you, you know, I, you know, there's an assumption the show's been around for 90 years, so everybody knows uh, anything goes. But that's not necessarily true. So um, for this 90-year-old classic by Cole Porter, uh, the Cole Porter's music anyway, what what's this show all about? Anything goes, if you don't know it or are not familiar, is a high-stepping toe-tapping musical romp uh, uh, that takes place on a cruise ship crossing from New York to London. 
And of course, once we set sail, all the shenanigans take place. We have a gangster. We have a nightclub singer posing as an evangelist. What? We have uh, an Englishman who is is taking on the American culture for the first time. And of course, we have our central love story, which is Billy and Hope, who, um, you know, it's an old fashioned love story. They like got together a while back. Just so happens they uh, are here on the ship together and you got to come to see what happens. And Luke, so your character, you're Billy, since you just got called, we'll we'll bring that up. Uh, talk to me a little bit about Billy and why do you think, Luke, that, that I mean, the show is 90 years old, right? So it should be tired. I mean, it was revamped in the 80s, but, you know, it should be tired. We should be saying, no, give me wicked. Uh, you know, but but what about this show? First, tell about your character. But secondly, what about this show just keeps it going? It'll be going at 100 and 150. Well, um, Billy is like an assistant for a Wall Street broker, and he is kind of running all around, and he... He's also on the ship, by the way. Yes. And he goes onto the ship, and he tries to give his boss the last thing that poor Billy forgot to do, uh, and he sees Hope, and he decides in a number to stay and to throw all inhibition to the wind and follow passions and give up his career and all the good things that are happening to him to follow this girl that he spent one night with. Uh, I think that the show is still around and still, you know, touching people because it just has an honesty. You know, it has a lot of uh, camp. It has a lot of the things that people like in theater. It has tap dancing. It has soft shoe. It has uh, iconic numbers like I get a kick out of you and the lovely and anything goes. I mean, it has everything that people are kind of looking for in this day and age. Uh, And I just I think that people more often than not leave the theater kind of humming the tunes and and feeling touched and feeling inspired to maybe go after the things that scare them most. So I think I think that's why Anything Goes really stands the test of time. I think that worked. And since you mentioned a one night affair, Steve, let's go to you. Um, <laughs> you know, we, I don't I don't get the connection. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you you have done these classics. I mean, with bells are ringing. Call me madam. So are you attracted to these, you know, sort of more stable shows that, that have this long history or or if you were if you were cast in, you know, the Days of Wine and Roses on Broadway tomorrow, just opening, would you go do it? Yeah, abs- absolutely. I would do all types of theater. Um, nothing makes me happier than being on stage. And so in all different types of theater, I just did a, a I just did um um Oh my goodness! What's the name of the show? I just did uh, every brilliant thing, and that is it. Could not be more different than this, and I enjoy both of them equally. What I really love about doing anything goes, though, is I've worked with Michael Weber before, and often Weber casts me in the role that he wanted to play. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you guys know it's true. So yep. it's very fun to be that character because Weber comes up with these great ideas. He's like, I'm gonna. You know, well, I don't want to give things away, but some of the things he he gives me in the show is just really stupid fun. And he has a great uh, affinity for uh, the 1930s and 40s type of pacing and the Marx Brothers and, and that just keep it moving, moving, moving. And it's very fun to play. So it's completely different than, say, doing next to normal. But it's joyful i mean this is a i think megan you said the word one day that it's just a joy bomb to be on that stage and and truly i mean it it's easy to say right but i i'm looking at my friends here and we're just joyful on stage 
And by the way, it's a good thing, Megan, that Weber didn't want to play your role because who yeah. knows? We're not we're not not saying that you might <laughs> you, you could be you could be unemployed. Uh, well, Listen. Steve, but I should but Steve, I should ask you talk about Moonface Martin, which is such a classic '30s name, right? When you go back to Moonface Martin, who is Moonface Martin? So Moonface Martin is a a low uh, on the totem pole gangster. He's public enemy number thirteen, and he's yeah. a wannabe, and he thinks he's really tough, and he's not. And the way I play it, at least, is that he tries really hard and is consistently disappointed, but it's fun. I mean, it's comically disappointed. And um, uh, he kind of takes Billy under his wing and tries to help Billy finagle this new position he's in. He's got an old relationship with Reno, which leads into like, hey, we haven't seen each other in a while. No, we haven't. Let's sing Friendship. And bang, we're in the song because that's the way the show is written. Uh, and it's it's very fun. I get a lot of wonderful, fun comic. I'm the, I'm the clown in the play. And it's it's just so perfect for you. We're going to talk about the music specifically, by the way. But first, Jackson, let me come visit with you. So, Evelyn, uh, your character, I, I have, I'm gonna, all right, who is Evelyn? Tell us who it is. And then I have a follow-up that I'll just separate out. Uh, uh, well, it's Lord Evelyn. Sorry. Um, title Sorry. first. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know what makes you a Lord. I mean, I did research. Um, Lord Evelyn, the Colonel, but it was just because we've taught, we've already mentioned Hope Harcourt. When you meet Lord Evelyn, you find out that while there was apparently this one night stand between Billy and Hope, Lord Evelyn is uh, now Hope's fiance. So um, Lord Evelyn is uh, an expat who has been living in New York, uh, but is from London and is charmed and delighted by anything American. Uh, and these these characters, these humans that Evelyn gets to meet throughout the show, it just brings him so much joy and glee in seeing these different types of humans. And so I eat it all up. And then I also, I don't know, Maybe I get married, but maybe it's just somebody else. We don't know. (laughs) Well, here's my follow-up. Speaking of kind of eating the scenery, which which your character does. um, How much of that, I don't know if Weber wanted to play your role either, but um, as I said, I was there opening night, sitting down in the front row. Anybody? I was waiting at you. Um, But there, there is, I just, I noticed as the audience is laughing, some of the dance shtick and the things that you're doing, it's almost as though you just, I don't know if it's in the script or whether Weber says, take it as far as you want to go, or you're just so loving the interaction with the audience. Obviously, you only have a certain amount of play because it's stage and there's orchestration and there's cues and all of that. But how much of that is 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 Jackson having some fun with it or is everything you're doing in the script laughter or not? Oh, that it, I think it's hard to sort of parse out. But what I will say is Michael Weber, director, and Tammy Mater, our choreographer, had a lot of really great specific ideas for a lot of the play there was a lot of um we think in this moment the bit or the comedy joke is this this is maybe what the gag is and they gave us a lot and then uh sort of over the last few weeks of rehearsal we were able to sort of pepper it in with our it went through my sieve it went through megan's sieve of okay great that is a great joke now how do i do it as me in this space. And sometimes it's very much like, I'm doing exactly what you told me to do. 
And I think for the moment you're specifically referring in which I do dance like a complete buffoon, um, <laughs> Tammy, Tammy sort of gave me ideas and then let me figure out how to um, incorporate them. And even just this last week, I have gone up to now another one of our ensemble members who are as a gem and said, like, it's now turned into that I am now dancing with one of the angels and that's wonderful. And is that okay with you? And she loves it too. So there is, we are still sort of still mining it and, and picking out the jokes here and there that we can find in this, what should be a much more dated script than we have found it to be. Well, so one more follow-up then. Are you still, I'll use the phrase work in progress, but I mean, as you know, on opening night, things freeze. So are you frozen? Or are you saying, no, we're not so, we can play a little bit. Officially, we're frozen. Officially. We'll go with the official. <laughs> I, well, there's, no, there is not drastic changes, but the best part about doing it, and I think it goes to what you were saying earlier, is that the audience is different every night. So some there are brilliant jokes in this play that have still never gotten a laugh. And so we are still sort of like, well, then how do I need to serve it up more? Or, oh my gosh, this audience really got it. Can we make it funnier? Can we live in it a little bit longer? So no, it's not suddenly I'm in a different costume than I was in last night, but we are still, it's what makes theater so great is that if you, if you came back and saw it, you'd be like, oh, I missed that joke last time. Yeah. And either it's because there are so many jokes or it's because we have now figured out a new way to, as Megan did earlier in the mind to do the ba-bum ching. Like that's the fun thing we're still playing with. Megan, I don't know if you noticed that you get rounds of applause just every time you walk on stage in your next scene. Um, oh, I don't even notice it, Paul. It's crazy. What? I know. Other than that pause. No. Uh, it's, it, but what it tells me is obviously the Porchlight audiences have been waiting for you for a very long time. And, and so literally, and you, you see your castmates here are, are, are nodding with that. You just literally every time you walk on stage, the music you get to do, and I, and I know this is true for so many people, people who don't know what songs are in Anything Goes, as they listen to You're the Top, and they're like, oh, I, I didn't know that was from that. Although I think actually um, some of them are not. Some of them got moved in later uh, from yes. other things. They're all called Porter, but not necessarily all original to this show. But right. do you find that do people come after, up to you afterwards, Megan, and just, you know, you get to, you're performing these classic numbers, and people don't know this was like in some show. Yeah, I get that a lot, actually. I mean, a, a lot of times people will stop me after the show and go, I didn't know that that song was from this show. I just knew it as like an old jazz song, which, of course, were the pop songs of the day. Um, and, you know, it's I Get a Kick Out of You, De Lovely, very famous song, Anything Goes, famous song. I mean, it's Chalk Friendship, super famous song that was not originally in the show at all. But as, you know, as Anything Goes became more of a Cole Porter's greatest hits kind of a deal um then the songs just took off again and had second meanings from there so well yeah, it, became... it is it is a pleasure and a half to be able to get to sing these songs with this incredible band that oh, nick sula oh. has put together that linda madonia uh conducts every night it's it's thrilling i mean we stand backstage and listen to the entract that starts act two and it gets us going man i mean the Cole Porter, he's got potential. He's onto something. <laughs> if yeah. only he were still here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Luke, you just, and you know, one of the things we see, uh, it's all, it's there through the show. Pretty sure it's there the entire show, but there is a, a 
picture of Cole Porter. Um, you pay homage to him, not you, the whole cast pays homage to him at the end of the show, but he's clearly there. So Luke, when you look at the show, is this like we're doing Cole Porter's Anything Goes? Or is there a level to which you're saying we're also kind of doing a tribute of love to Cole Porter himself? The show happens to be the vehicle, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I did this show 10 years ago. It was my it was my last show of high school. And I what role did you play then? Evelyn. Come on. Oh, challenge. But it was it was. (laughs) I got introduced to him in that way. And I think that Michael Weber, I think, I mean, right out of the gate, Reno pays homage to Cole Porter at the piano when she sings, I get a kick out of you. Uh, and I just don't think that we have shows written like this anymore. Like, even if it's kind of a hodgepodge of, of different Cole Porter's greatest hits, like we don't have shows that are silly and heartfelt and, and lovely like this anymore. So I, I think it's really special that we get to, I don't know. I, I think a lot of musicals don't pay direct homage to the, to the person who wrote it anymore. So it's it's really sweet to be able to do a tribute every single day. Like I think Steve, Megan and I get to like point at this big picture of Cole Porter right at the end of the bows every single day. And it's it's it, it feels like he's in the room with us. It feels yeah. like um yeah, it just feels really, really special. By the way, I have to ask, so when you auditioned, did you have the role Evelyn in mind or that that wasn't in your mind? No, I went to the generals and I was like, I hope they see me. I hope that they want me. And then they said, Billy. And I went, all right, let's do this. It was really, it's really, really sweet to revisit it. Uh, And it's also sweet as an actor to be familiar with the show and then to come back to it. And I did a different version of the show. Um, So then I got to kind of relearn uh, the, the different stuff that has been added. I think that Billy had a lot of songs that were added differently. Easy to love wasn't in the original show. Um, So yeah. And, and by the way, Steve texted me. He wants me to ask you how what you think of the of the job that Jackson is doing uh, in the role. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that Jackson <laughs> is. Uh, he didn't. He didn't text me that. I, I just said that. <laughs> Don't close it, Jackson. Jackson, <laughs> so Jackson, sweet. close your ears. Turn your mic off. <laughs> we love Jackson. <laughs> we all look forward to Gypsy every single day. <laughs> we, Luke and I watch it, don't we? Every yeah, day, we stand there and watch that number. You guys probably don't know. You that. do. Yes, every day. Yes. When you well, I have to say on it. <laughs> well, when I was originally looking at who I was going to invite to join me for this conversation, again, thanks to you all, uh, it was going to be the, th- I'm not going to lie, it was the three of you. And um, Jackson, your character wasn't one, I hadn't seen the show. Your character wasn't one that I'd say, oh, that, they've got to be a part of it because I, I put you in a category with other characters, whatever. And then I saw you and I went, oh, no, I got it. We got to have him. We got to have it because this is just amazing stuff. Steve, let me come to you. Um, and again, your character, when I watch you and what you do, more so than so many others, except maybe for um, Billy, your boss, but there's something about it like takes us back to the world of the twenties and the thirties and the top banana kind of a thing. And is that when I think about the roles you play in all of that, but I mean, is that the way you're playing him too? It like it, it, it is the twenties, whatever. And it's sort of a top banana. It could be Phil Silvers. It could be any of those kind of folks. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's very much where the direction went with this. This show is not um, the way it was directed. The way we worked it is not just, get the lines out, get the songs, just go for the laughs. That is not what we worked on at all. What we worked on was the pacing that you see in the movies of that time. The Nick and Nora, the Marx Brothers, how there's no air. It's the lines and the lines. And, and if, if you don't have time to laugh, you don't have time to think. You just are on this roller coaster and and it just goes. So hopefully I am giving that era with my uh with my performance megan just texted me she said she thinks you should provide food every night for the cast i do yeah i know i know you can (laughs) can talk to dan about that 
Oh, well. <laughs> do you like the way I just invoke your names? I just make stuff up. <laughs> and, and why well, it's, not? It's clear we don't like each other, you know. Well, it's clear you, you love each other, which is so fabulous. And and again, Megan, I'm sorry you didn't have time to get ready for this interview. but um, I know, me too. I, I should go get dressed. Sorry. <laughs> Please. I mean, even Luke put all the makeup on. So, Jackson, <laughs> let me... <laughs> Uh, here's the other thing. I find this interesting, and, and I, I, I don't know that I've seen this in other places, but whenever you look at the cast list, whether it's the little program thing you get handed out when you go in or the press list we get, just all sorts of things, wherever the cast list is showing up, and I don't know, not that you know the answer to this, but it's always, for this show, it's done in alphabetical order. And so when I even introduced you for this interview, uh, you kind of like, well, you know, I think Megan, Reno Sweeney, I'm kind of make her the lead and stuff, but there seems to be something to the show where Portslight's mission is to emphasize the ensemble nature of this show. Hence, here's the cast in alphabetical order, which means, Murphy, you ain't showing up till halfway down that list. Uh, what do you think, Jackson? I mean, what's your sense of the ensemble? And of course, Megan, I'm going to ask you that question, too. Well, I, I changed my last name because I wanted to be higher up on the list. Uh, <laughs> and that worked out well. Um, uh, we, we've done, we actually did a lot of talking about ensemble and rehearsal because... Not only, especially for this older type of a musical, there are so many parts. There are so many roles that are not just, can I refill your drink? There are so many roles that have some meat on the bone and have, and all of our actors have come to it and been like, this is some fun stuff. So, and on top of that, there are so many lightning fast scenes that include like 40 of us that is on a very ensemble in terms of, the first like three times you see me, I don't do more than two, three lines. And you got to hop on that carousel that has been started with the whole cast. And you got to be at our speed. And then you got to hop right off and you can't slow it down. You can't make it bumpy. And so that's what was so fun about rehearsals and also hard, but so fun was us figuring out our ensemble and us figuring out our speed, how we can pass the ball how do we do this scene that leads into the next one that we are a very true ensemble piece, which is, it also to me feels so Chicago in the best way possible. That is yes, we are starring international sensation, Megan Murphy, but we are a Chicago ensemble of funny, interesting, diverse humans that you're not going to get in another town. And that's why I think that's part of our magic. And what you just said, in fact, Megan texted me. She said, it's really not about them. It's more about, about me. And, and so I wanted to, <laughs> are there, are there other people in this show? <laughs> no, Megan, I, I just have to ask you. I mean, so, but, but what Jackson said is right. It's really what I wanted to ask, because like I said, you walk on, you get applause, you appear. I mean, it is, it's like watching one of the classic actors of all time, you know, pick Patty Lapone, pick whoever you want to pick. You are there and you are present, but it's very clear you play to that ensemble and you need them and you love them. Absolutely. This is an ensemble piece. I mean, <clears throat> it, it's written as a star vehicle or it was written as a star vehicle for Ms. Merman, of course. But uh, the the star in the middle ain't nothing without the ensemble surrounding her or him or them or whatever. Um, big numbers like Anything Goes, Blow Gabriel Blow. It's It's the ensemble that makes everything pop, makes everything go. And as Jackson was saying, like the revolving door, the, the carousel that you jump on, it has to all work together. If one of those links is is weak or is not working, the whole thing falls apart. So from jump, from the very beginning of the show, it's like we hop on and we go and you're coming with us, whether you like it or not. 
Well, and everybody's got to jump on and join you because um, <laughs> Anything Goes is playing at Porchlight Music Theater only till March 10th. That's the extension date, but that's it from what I understand. And so by March 10th, get your tickets at porchlightmusictheater.org. Theater spelled the proper British way, T-R-E. Um, thank you all for your time. I wish I had another hour, but I don't. And not that you want to spend that with me, but I'd love <laughs> to spend that with you. I thank you all for your time. You're fabulous. I love the show. Good to see it again. You guys are great. Congratulations. Break legs every night. Thanks for having us, Paul. Thank you. So much fun.